Welcome to That's Awesome ID. My name is Leslie Early, and each week I will be speaking with a different guest and learning about one thing they think is awesome in the field of instructional design. Okay, today I am joined by my friend and colleague, Mark Cunningham. Mark happens to be a project manager at Fredrickson Learning, and I have had the privilege of working with him on multiple projects so far. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mark, to talk about onboarding new clients. Well, thanks, Leslie. Uh, I am super excited to be here and uh, joining you on this uh, podcast that is rapidly rising in the the minds of the instructional design and learning and development community. Um, Like you said, I'm a project manager with Fredrickson Learning. Um, we do custom learning experience design, learning strategy, and staffing and training and L&D mm-hmm. um, around the Twin Cities uh, and beyond. Uh, and we really work with a wide variety of clients in a wide variety of ways uh, across many different tools and platforms. And I love working for Fredrickson, and I love project management uh, because I find it's a very unique combination of people and process. And I think what we're going to be talking about today comes from my lens as a project manager. Uh, But really, I think it's very widely applicable across a variety of roles and experiences. Because I mean, to at least a small degree, we're all managing some aspect of a project, even if what you're directly responsible for is just a part of the whole. Awesome. So Yeah, so we're here today to sort of talk about onboarding clients. And like you just very eloquently described, um, for our work at Fredrickson Learning, we work with so many different clients and so many different types of clients. And even within the same clients, so many different types of projects. So basically, the term onboarding is usually something that you would hear in like onboarding new employees or like an HR kind of way. But I like how you're using this because you're using it to onboard new clients. So what do you mean when you're talking about onboarding new clients? So, yeah, I have I have a very strong belief in the obligation for me as a project manager and really anyone who's working in a consultative way or anyone who's working with another person um, to create project empathy between you and your team and your clients Um, And I think really typically uh, project managers and project teams focus on having a mutual understanding of the parameters or the constraints of a project, which are important, things like, you know, scope and timeline and Mm -hmm. budget. Um, And and we really focus on making sure we have a shared understanding of those things uh, with with our clients um, to define the boundaries. But What I also really think is important is to not neglect the project process. Mm. And when you start a project, you typically share a project plan or kind of your organization's preferred process with a client. But uh, I think especially in our line of work, that's really just a first proposal in most cases. Um, It's still very important for us to learn about how the client likes to work and also what constraints that they have that might impact how how we would work with them. So this is where kind of that empathy piece um, comes into play. And 
I think that by presenting our clients with our recommended process and then listening to them about how they work best Mm -hmm. um, and then adapting the process, um, especially at those kind of key points of transition where things you need to complete the project intersect with what the client needs to give you to be able to complete the project, you build project empathy. And when you do that, it enables you to really create buy-in from your client and create investment in the process. And that allows you to train them on the project process. And I think all of that is really what I mean when I think about what I'm calling client onboarding. Mm -hmm. Um, We all want our learners to be engaged in our training, the things that we make for them to, to take and to learn. And I think it's also important that we give our, get our clients to be engaged in the project process. Yeah. And so I have the benefit of working with you and working in this way. So I sort of understand what you mean when you're saying this, but so basically um, what I think you're saying is, you know, We at Fredrickson have our own way of doing things, um, but it's not like we show up to these client meetings and we're dictating to the client, like, this is exactly how this is going to go. I mean, obviously we can say this is how we usually do things, but it's also more of like a, and how does the, how is this compatible with how you want this project to go? Does that, does that sound like an accurate interpretation? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's kind of the first part to, to this client onboarding. It's, it's demonstrating um, that you have expertise, but also you're willing to adapt to the situation of your client. Um, again, to create that buy-in uh, so that they're invested in learning and, and joining with you in creating that that project plan and project process, mm-hmm. um, so that so that your your mutual understanding um, is really kind of what pilots uh, the rest of the the project. Yeah. So I guess then that that begs the question. Um, you've gone through several of these several versions of this process. So what would, what does a successful client onboarding look like? What does that look like, feel like? How do you know that you have successfully um, gotten through this stage with a client? Sure. Yeah. Um, So there's a couple different parts to it that I want to talk about. Um, The first part is kind of like pre-work. And I think about it as anticipation. Um, It's really about putting yourself in the client's shoes and anticipating potential trouble or problem areas and also identifying key dependencies in the project. And um, when you do that and bring those points up to a client as you're, you know, working with them to to kind of refine your project process, um, it, it really helps to build that empathy and also to bring out other issues ahead of time that that may otherwise have been uh, surprises down the road. Um, and so some examples of things that might be important to understand that I'm thinking about when I start projects and trying mm-hmm. to anticipate are things like client review durations and mm-hmm. potential limitations from different groups of stakeholders who might be reviewing at different points in time. Um, understanding how and when 
things like assets, images, videos, branding that we need from a client uh, will will come to us or understanding how and when um, subject matter experts will be available to answer questions and, and give us the knowledge we need to do our work. And I think it's, it's these things that you anticipate and, and kind of talk about as key dependencies along with the project parameters that I mentioned earlier, um, kind of that budget scope timeline piece that become the fixed points in the project process and plan that you're going to kind of work with the client to scaffold the rest of the, the, the process um, and the schedule on. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just can't encourage people enough to make sure you're talking about these things early and often with your client um, and, and open up the conversation uh, to the client for things that they might not necessarily have thought of. So that's yeah. the pre-work piece. That's the, the anticipation. Um, and then what I would say as you kind of more actively do this client onboarding piece is to take that information and then um, use it to help train your clients on what you and your team need to do the work. Mm -hmm. And you should try to give your clients at least a conceptual understanding of what your team is capable of doing and not capable of doing in different example circumstances. So how I think about it as having been trained as a chemical engineer is inputs and outputs. Hmm. So in L&D, our typical inputs, what we're getting from our client to be able to do the work are things like knowledge, um, either in the form of some source materials or working with subject matter experts. Um, other inputs are assets, like I mentioned, images, branding, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then their time in the form of reviews and feedback. Um, so these are all things we need from our clients to do our job. And then our outputs are things like content outlines, storyboards, prototypes, development versions, all of that stuff. And there's typically some level of dependency between the inputs and the outputs and when they can happen in the process. Um, and this is usually informed by what the project parameters and assumptions that we were just talking about, um, those, they kind of determine um, what those things are. And then, and then you should make sure that your clients have a level of awareness of these dependencies um, and the amount of time and effort you right. need to create an output <laughs> right. once you have the required input. Um, and so that's kind of really where the, the more active piece of the client onboarding comes into play. And if you've demonstrated that you're anticipating the problems before they happen and discussing contingencies and your client is understanding the inputs and outputs of the project and how their relationship impacts your ability to do the work, and then you use all that information to continue to refine the project process a little bit more. That's really what I view as having a successful client onboarding experience. Yeah, yeah. I, yes, you explained all of that very well. <laughs> because I think, <laughs> um, well, I'm just thinking, you know, people who maybe come from a more like they're in one company, um, so they're used to just dealing with internal projects. I'm sure a lot of this still applies for internal projects, but um, but if it's very different from us in a consulting type business or a freelancer who might be doing taking on freelance projects, and um, a lot of what you just described also 
um, like the pre-work questions that you're asking and ser- searching for answers for a lot of that, I think is what you want to also document, not just have the conversation, but make sure that it's documented somewhere so that, you know, if for some reason the input side is not coming our way or your way as a designer, um, you have it documented that like, look, we decided that this was going to be the way this was going to go. And because it hasn't gone this way, it, now it's an impediment and we can't hold up our end of the bargain because we haven't gotten the things that we need to do that. So, yeah. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly right. And what I think is one of the huge benefits to kind of thinking through things this way and, and kind of doing this client onboarding is that it makes those difficult conversations that can happen when unexpected things happen during projects a whole lot easier. And it also reduces the probability of them ever occurring Mm -hmm. as well, which is awesome. And I should mention, you know, it's also on the onboarding doesn't stop at the, after kind of the beginning of the project. Um, I think it's really critical that you are, continually reminding clients about where they are in the project and pointing back to kind of what you all agreed on as mm-hmm. the project goes on and continually reminding them of this is the next thing that's coming up and these are the the inputs and outputs that we've talked about and these are kind of how they relate to each other. Um, I don't think you can just like leave a you are here marker during project check-ins and things as, as projects go on. You have to continually to be reminding your clients of kind of where they are and what's coming. Um, Cause remember, you know, for you as a member of the project team, uh, the project is top of mind for you probably pretty frequently, mm-hmm. but for a lot of clients, they might be thinking about this once a week maybe less, maybe a little bit more. Um, So again, it's about empathy and just kind of understanding the client situation and and really trying to be accommodating to to them. Yeah, and I think also what you're describing is a good way, like um, setting up these expectations from the beginning and also saying, hey, we're paying attention to this or like, these are the things that we will be paying attention to is also a good way to build trust. Like you're saying to your client, I care about, you know, making sure this is done successfully. And these are the benchmarks I see, and I will be paying attention to this all along and, um, happy to give reminders when, when things need to be, um, reminded. But I, I think that it goes a long way in establishing, um, trust and also sort of your domain of expertise, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm the professional one here or whatever the case may be. But, um, I guess I always, when I say, what does a successful version of the thing look like? It always then makes me curious to know what would be the consequences. So, I mean, I'm sure anyone who's attempted to project manage sort of maybe already knows what the consequences are. So um, we might not have to spend too much time on this, but um, yeah, just based on your experience, what are the, what could go wrong if you are not taking these extra steps at the beginning? So the cost of not 
successfully onboarding a new client, I think, is um, that, like I mentioned earlier, it it makes those difficult conversations more difficult than they need to be that can mm-hmm. happen when things go wrong. And I think really what it what it ends up coming down to is that conversations can skew a lot more towards the like me versus the client right. uh, versus something else. Um, you know, things like, you know, you didn't get us this input on time. So we have to move the deadline back by this much, which means we're not going to be able to ultimately deliver when we had agreed upon and Mm -hmm. having those types of conversations in the moment rather than making sure the client kind of has an an understanding is best or an awareness of, of what that impact is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think really the relationship gets more strained, the language becomes more combative um, and it, it just makes it harder to kind of grow that business partnership uh, with your client. I think um, it's, it might be cliche advice by now for managing personal relationships, but Mm -hmm. I find this true in client relationships. Um, I think for a project to be as successful as it can be, the conversations really want to be framed as not me versus you, like I mentioned, but, but kind of us versus the problem and client onboarding helps frame conversations in that way. Oh, I love that. I don't know. I mean, that's not cliche because I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard it framed in exactly that way. So you're not being cliche, Mark. I think you okay, just, good. <laughs> just gave me a nice little tidbit to walk away with. So it's not me versus you. It's us versus the problem. I feel yes. like that's like a very, um, <laughs> like, a, yeah counseling moment just happened mm-hmm. there. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that's great. So I guess then that actually answers my very last question that I was going to try to squeeze in, which is what type of skill set or mindset is most beneficial um, to someone who's jumping into project management or, or who's, I guess, let me rephrase that. What type of skill set or mindset is most beneficial if you are in this process of onboarding a new client? Uh, so first and foremost, like I've been talking about all along and it's, I, I'm a huge believer in it and anybody that I've worked with knows this about me, but, but empathy is the number one thing. And I would say if you don't think you're an empathetic person or if you aren't good at it, um, I think it starts with being intentional about it and and communicating with your client. So mm-hmm. things like based on what I know about the project parameters or based on my experience with this type of project, I feel like this part of the project might be challenging for you. Is that true? So asking questions um, that inform you as to what the client is experiencing or going to experience. What does success look like? What do you think the biggest challenge of the project will be? which project parameter is most important to you. Um, those kinds of questions can help help simulate empathy or, or mm-hmm. be, you know, keep that top of mind for you and get that information that, that I think is really important. Um, other things that I think are good to have, especially as a project manager, is a good understanding of your team and your process. Um, and that allows you to kind of know how you can work with your clients, but also not 
put your organization at a disadvantage, mm-hmm. um, which is important. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know that that also takes I think some some creativity um, to be able to figure out how the the processes and the needs of your organization intersect with those of the clients. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then you can get a win-win, as we like to say at Fredrickson Learning. <laughs> yes, everybody wins. That's, all, always, that's their motto. Yeah, everybody wins. Always aiming for that as the ultimate goal. Um, okay, well, thank you so much again, Mark, for joining me. Um, if people wanted to reach out to you to continue this conversation, what would be a good place to find you? Uh, I'm usually in Zoom windows or in spreadsheets, but if you want, <laughs> if you want to get a hold of me, uh, LinkedIn works fine. Again, mm-hmm. my name's Mark Cunningham, uh, project manager at Fredrickson Learning. I'd be happy to connect with anyone who wants to talk about project management as a profession or managing projects as a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again so much, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Leslie.